Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the NJ Podcast. This podcast aims to share stories, tips and insights about achieving success while having fun. From topics ranging from personal development to business, entertainment and sports, the podcast will have conversations with experts and people in their respective fields. The podcast will also share insights from Jabra James's published and upcoming books. The tagline, which is the theme of the podcast, is success is a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. This means that you are doing what you have always wanted to do because it is aligned with your highest values and this is the only way you can live a truly fulfilled life. Your host, Jablo James. Hey everyone, this is NJ, the host of the NJ podcast and this is season two of the conversations and i am here with a very interesting guest friendly great guest a great guest actually a friend uh, from way back in benoni don't judge us it's not our fault <laughs> well it is if we still stay we still stay there and claim benoni <laughs> um and remember that the the premise of the show is that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal that means you're going after what you've always wanted to go after because it's aligned with your highest values. And uh, that's the only way for you to live a truly fulfilled and inspired life. Yeah, so, um, and uh, on, on the show, we talk with people from all different walks of life, whether you're a teacher, an educator, a motivator, a netball player, you know. Uh, I believe that uh, regardless of which background you come from you've always got a story to share and a message uh, to tell us and um on the show we've got candace preston and she is an educator and she is a life and she's a wellness coach and a financial coach and she recently did something which i call crazy and outlandish and straight up foolish at times she went and she released her very first book uh, titled Unlocking Your Superpowers, Keys to Achieving Success in School and Beyond. Uh, just a very quick thing. Uh, she owns a Money Savvy Kids franchise on the East Rand. Beast from the East, baby. Yes, Beast from the East. And uh, where she teaches <laughs> kids, teens, and teachers essential financial literacy so they can know how to use, save, invest, and manage their money to create their own financial freedom. Uh, they teach people what they wish they knew to understand money and make money work for them. Financial education can make a difference. It can empower and equip young people with the knowledge, skills, and confidence to take charge of their lives and build a more secure future for themselves and their families. Supporting financial education can be viewed by the main public, private, and civil stakeholders as a critical long-term investment in human capital. Welcome, Candice. Hello, Intervulo. Great to be here. Oh, good. Good to have you. So other than the fantastic um, bio that we just wrote out, uh, read out, please tell us where is Candice from, why is Candice here, and where is Candice going? Well, thank you for that awesome intro. Uh, that sounds like a mouthful. I think I do a lot of things, which can get a bit overwhelming sometimes. So I am from Benoni. Awesome place. It's not your fault. No, no, no. Best <laughs> place ever. <laughs> And you know, for me, I've been in education now for about 12 years. 12 and years. 
it's just something I love. I've always I'm addicted to learning, so I really am. Mm -hmm. I believe that education helps us to transform in ways that nothing else can. Yeah. And you know, I was in teaching for a long time and I still am and I started to realize I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to reach more young people and teach them other things as well. Mm -hmm. And that led me to going into both academic coaching, teaching study skills, whole brain learning, and then the financial literacy. I'm yeah. a big proponent of financial literacy. Yeah, yeah. Making bank is important. Of we all course. need to do it. Ching, ching. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it led me to, you know, doing so much more. And I also completed my master's degree in education. That oh, actually, well done, well that done, actually well started a lot. <laughs> it was a long, tedious process, but I'm so grateful I did it. And from there, that's where I started to see. So I did my research in how life coaching female high school students okay. um, and the results were really positive and the participants had much greater confidence and they felt they could take challenges on in a much more or in a much better way they felt mm -hmm. more equipped and that really resonated with me because I thought you know we don't want to make life easier for them because life is never going to get easier no, it's, it's never going to be easy yeah it's tough yeah too tough um, actually <laughs> but that's why I thought, you know, coaching helps them to tackle those challenges to navigate. And I wanted to create a model where more kids could access that. Mm. But feasibility, funds, that's always obviously a problem. Mm -hmm. So that's what led me to the book. Yeah. But it also led me to getting into academic coaching to help students thrive academically, create yeah. more opportunities. Yeah. And then the financial literacy helping them so once you know how to study you have the degree it's mm -hmm. great mm -hmm. then it's like but how do I make money how do yeah. I manage this awesome salary and invest for the future so it's really led me on an exciting journey mm -hmm. and, and like I say taking on this book was awesome and thanks to all your guidance and advice as well I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm still waiting for the invoice to be paid that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking oh you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man Listen, you've been teaching me for so many years as well I mean mm. I've been following you and I'm so inspired by what you do thank and, you and a lot of that also inspired and I was like maybe I can take action in a better way to reach more yeah and yeah. that's what's gotten me here and it's been a wild ride and mm. I've loved every second okay um, yeah, excited for the next challenges. Fantastic. So uh, when you finished Varsity, right, what at point in that in your journey did you say, I need to go into teaching and education? Because some people will be like, uh, when they walk out of high school, they I never want to see <laughs> high school again. I never. But you are like, actually, I feel, I feel drawn to this. I feel drawn to teaching and educating. What uh, was the deciding factor for you to say I'm going to go to high school? Not you don't go back to high school. It's not like <laughs> go back you, to school. Yeah, go to school. No, no, go to teach. Um, yeah. What What made you decide that? So interestingly, so I've been coaching netball since I was about 15. Okay. And naturally teaching people, and I remember one of my teachers coming to me at school, sort of grade 11. She's like, you know, you will make an excellent teacher, and mm -hmm. I was like, never. I'm not never. going back to school, I right? <laughs> I am not going back to school. Like, yeah. I have a way to get out. And I left, and I went to varsity for three months. Mm -hmm. I was studying psychology, and I didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I actually dropped out. I was, mm -hmm. I was the first varsity dropout. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculed by the family, but I knew it was the right decision. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was the best decision. And mm -hmm. then... 
by the end of that year, I had actually gone back to coaching netball again. Was it your first or second year? First year. First year, first okay. year straight out of high school. That's the best time to do it, right? It's yeah. Sort of like doing a third year, like, I'm done. You're about to finish. Finish, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, my mom kind of said to me, she's like, why, if you don't enjoy this, what are you wasting time for? Very true. Very true. Um, but I continued to waste a little bit more time. And okay. the next year, <laughs> I went on to actually study a BA in communications. Okay. And it was a fun year and I learned a lot, mm -hmm. but at one point my mom again said to me, well, what are you going to do with this degree? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I started yeah. exploring. Yeah. And at the end of the year, this thing of teaching kept coming up mm -hmm. and a lot of sort of interesting mentors came around me at that time. Yeah. And I was like, maybe this is where I'm meant to go. I love yeah. teaching yeah. and I love learning. Yeah. So I then actually went back and got an internship and started to study and work at the same time. But, mm -hmm. you know, I wish I could say I walked in and I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. But it wasn't that sort of thing. It was an up and down. And some days I was questioning it and thinking, you know, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, yeah. But once I, as I, as I kept progressing, it mm -hmm. got better and mm -hmm. I was learning and I was yeah. getting challenged. Yeah. And I remember a couple of years in, I was sitting down and I was like, I am doing all the right things for mm. me. Mm. everything I was doing, I was loving. Like, I would do all of this without having to pay. If I mm. won the lottery today, I would still do everything that I'm doing. I wouldn't. I would. Uh, <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> You'd be I'm on your yacht around my yacht. the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but it was something that I felt so empowered by because mm. I thought, I love this. I mm. love working with students. I love yeah. teaching. And I love learning through that. So that's... It wasn't just this clear cut. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. It's, yeah. It was a process. And I always say that to students because I think so many young people, they see this idea of success. Yeah. And, and they think it's just this beautiful, like, oh, shining moment. And yeah. that's it. You just know. And it's yeah. not. It's messy. Mm -hmm. And it's up and down. And it took time. Mm -hmm. But I'm so grateful that I got those pushes by mentors, by my mom. Yeah. And, and then I followed that path. Yeah. Shout out to mom. Yeah. Oh, always, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then uh, when you were in your first year of teaching, yes. like officially, contract signed, you're teaching, um, how did you get to the subject matter that you were going to be teaching? Because so you get teachers for, for a lot of things. You get teachers for geography, you get teachers for mathematics, you get teachers for science and all these other subjects. What led you to say, okay, I'm going to be this type of teacher? So I actually went in going for business studies. Okay. Um, because I loved the subject at school. Mm -hmm. So I actually majored in business studies and English okay. because I enjoyed literature okay. and that sort of thing. But once during my internship, the more I was teaching business, and I taught a bit of accounting, okay. and I just realized how much I loved the subject yeah. and how practical it was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be teaching kids things I didn't feel would add value. Mm -hmm. um, I think every subject does add value. Yeah. I think school has a place. I'm a big advocate for school. But for me, I just loved the idea of teaching them something that they could really applying to their lives at any age. Mm. I mean, I'm always telling my students, okay, I challenge them this year. Every student through every sort of area of what I do, yeah. I challenge them to make a thousand rand from yeah. something entrepreneurial. Okay. And then for me, it was, it's to teach them. They're going to learn from that process. And mm. once they can make a thousand, they can make 10,000. Yeah. And so I wanted to teach something that would give them skills, tools, things they can use.
so that they can make money, they can prosper, they can add value. Mm. Um, and that's what led me to that subject. And I love it. It's just something it. I enjoy teaching. Yeah, 100%. So what, it, what about business studies do you enjoy the most about teaching? I think it's about giving young people the mindset of an entrepreneur. Okay, yeah. Um, and the nicest thing is when I teach, I can teach from a place of an entrepreneur now. Yeah. I don't feel like... An imposter. Right? Yes. It's not like I'm just teaching nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's giving them that mindset that I don't have to just get a degree and get a job. I can do things on my own terms. Yes. I can start a business now. I can start a business in the future. I yeah. can invest. Um, mm. To me, it just creates so many more opportunities. Yeah. And that's what I love. That's, that's what you love about it. So what... What, where have you failed in being a business person slash entrepreneur? What was, because I, I can imagine that there's something that you started with a small, something major, that there was a failure there. What was that, that failure, that, that business failure? Um, I'm sure there's been multiple. Um, <laughs> That's the right answer. That is exactly the right answer. There's always, failing always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I started with my own life coaching business. Okay. Um, but it was very much sitting back and hoping clients would just walk in, you know, as they do. They just just walk walk in in, (laughs) and want to work with me. Um, And so nothing really happened. So Mm. I sat back and I I never really took any action. That was the biggest failure. Especially being young and I had these visions of just, I was going to be so successful by 21. Yeah, yeah, those lies, right? (laughs) And I failed so much at just taking action, taking mm. the right action and facing my fears. Yes, yeah. Um, which often held me back. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of as I got older, I think I started getting more confidence, mm-hmm. started facing a couple of those fears just one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> little bit by little, little, little bit. Little by little, of course. And then like that led me to take the next step and the next. Um, but every failure has been a beautiful lesson, mm. um, which I've appreciated. Okay, fantastic. Um, so what has been a good success when it comes to any business that you've started or in your business specifically? I think the greatest successes I'm having now is actually seeing all my hard work come together. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing business growth. Yeah. Um, I've got some awesome people working with me, and mm-hmm. I can see that they are you know, growing in their roles as yeah, well. Yeah. And oh, so you employ people currently? Yes, yeah, so okay. it's not full-time employment. They kind of contract it to oh, okay. me. Okay, yeah, they contract it to you. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they're working with me. And hey, I was like, how are you going to deal with all the HR things in this country? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've got some incredible people who work yeah. with me, um, and they they are such fantastic um, encouragers as yeah. well, but they yeah. also challenge me to think mm. better in different ways. But seeing them grow in their role and then seeing my clients, so seeing mm. those students, um, I got a message from a student the other day telling me she got her first three cents dividend. <laughs> and she was so excited. And I was like, this is amazing. We're happy for her, yes. Yeah, because that's it. It's celebrating their victories. And yeah. often I'll get a WhatsApp and the client will say, like, you taught me so much. And now I'm managing money better. I'm sleeping mm. better at night. Mm. Um, one of my students that I worked with on the study skills. So mm-hmm. I worked with her from varsity, I mean, from matric. Yeah. Where she was doing quite badly she scraped through now she's in varsity getting 80s for economics oh, wow. and 
that's not easy. Not at all. <laughs> Economic. She's like. And you can just see her confidence. Yeah. Um, and that is my greatest success. It's mm. actually seeing that impact. Yeah. All right. So then, what has been the most interesting part of your journey of putting together unlocking your superpowers like okay let me, let me backtrack yes. so when did you decide okay i'm going to put a book together on this specific subject here so it was straight after doing my master's yeah. um i really wanted to connect more young people with great coaches great knowledge and the things i wish i had known when i was younger yeah, <laughs> it was a big course. you know we all say that we go oh i just wish i had known that mm-hmm. Um, and then from the master's degree, I thought, if I could reach more mm-hmm. students, and how do I do that? You know, what's the quickest and easiest way? And most yeah. people will challenge me and say, kids don't read. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, <laughs> I do understand that's yeah. a point, but I think it's subject matter. And I also want to encourage them to read. Yeah. Um, you and I both love reading. Yeah, of course. And to me, if I can encourage kids to read too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that led me to actually writing the book. But I wanted to clear the noise because Mm -hmm. I also felt often we're overwhelmed with information. Of course. Um, So I wanted to give young people seven simple, clear things they could follow Mm -hmm. that would then help them achieve success sooner. Mm -hmm. And it's really more of a starting point because there is so much more. But I just found these seven things to be the most valuable and Mm -hmm. really effective. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to share with them. Yeah. So let's let's go back to uh, masters because I'm currently in the journey of doing that myself. Don't don't ask me why, <laughs> but I am. So you you got to. Uh, so what made you pick um, your masters uh, subject? So because I have such a strong background in both mental coaching and mm-hmm. life coaching, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to incorporate that somewhere. Yeah. And then I thought, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, and it must be beneficial. So I wanted to see if it would be. I actually thought, you know what, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. There's not that much research. There is research, but yeah. not that much, um, yeah. particularly for high school. Mm-hmm. So I just actually wanted to see yeah. what would happen. So I yeah. didn't do the coaching. Yeah. Um, I had an external coach. I wasn't yeah. allowed to as a researcher. Makes okay. sense. Okay. Um, but I was actually just blown away by, mm. by the results. Because uh, I was optimistic myself, but thought I'm just going to take whatever I get. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the results, I was actually even more inspired. Yeah. Um, um, and it's such an amazing journey. I know mm. it's a challenge in the beginning, but you'll love it. Once yeah. you get through that, and afterwards you look back and go, wow, it was worth it. Yeah. But while you're running that storm, mm, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't, I can't make it. <laughs> Do me a favor, please. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, 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 I can't deal. I can't deal. So, um, where do you see your business going um, within the next one to three years? I mean, where do you see yourself? Because obviously, you've got the book out. You've started uh, doing interviews and becoming this mega star on uh, <laughs> you. So where, do you... <laughs> so, where do you see yourself going? Like, um, for me, it's about reaching more. Mm. I want to reach more students. So, yeah. and I'm finding different ways to do that. So, even with the book. I'm looking at now developing sort of an online course mm-hmm. to access more. Um, but then also through talking at schools, working with schools, companies, universities. Yeah. Um, so for the business just to grow, to reach and impact more, um, especially to a point where we can do a lot more um, sort of see a 
CSR project as yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah. reaching students who we maybe wouldn't always reach. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would really love to do, see the business grow in a way that we can impact students from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. So like, who's like your main uh, target market? So at the moment, um, I work predominantly with private schools, yeah. uh, private universities, mm -hmm. and then corporates coming yeah, in yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, for me, the nicest thing is there's a lot of organizations out there doing a lot of great work. So yeah. I'm working with a couple of NGOs. Um, NGOs, okay. Yeah, where they actually, they're, they're getting funding so that we can reach more students who maybe wouldn't have access to these things. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited for that, to actually see it grow and just to help because for me, that's what it is. At yeah. the end of the day, I just get so excited to teach and to coach. And um, yeah. So like I, I like I, I can see you until like you're like ninety five still, <laughs> still teaching, still coaching, still mentoring. I don't think it's something that's ever gonna go away, right? Oh no, absolutely, definitely not. I'll be there. I'm gonna be running around, <laughs> driving the students mad. <laughs> cool. So then, um, how deep is your like sports knowledge of like you know like football, basketball, uh, cricket, rugby, all that? Like how extensive is your knowledge? So it's pretty good um netball is brilliant yeah. um, but i mean i follow being a sportsman myself i follow a lot of sports yeah okay cool so who's the greatest basketball player all time so i mean they always say michael jordan ah. but <laughs> don't be cut watch yourself now watch, watch yourself okay michael jordan is i mean yeah. his work ethic and his principles yeah. but i mean today i mean i was a kobe fan r.i.p r.i.p black mama yeah absolutely uh, we did actually go watch the New York Liberty women's uh, team in Madison Square Garden oh, a couple years ago. You went to uh, MSG. It was wow. so exciting. Jeez, um, like, I, need was, to, I need to go myself. <laughs> it was an experience. I've yeah. never seen people so tall. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm like giant. Man. Yes, yeah, but yeah. I mean, they played phenomenally. Their oh. athletic skills are incredible. Yeah, so then uh, to what was what was the highest level that you reached with uh, in netball? Because it's a question that I'm um, going to lead into. Okay. So, myself, as a player. Yeah, as so a player. As a player, as a player I played provincial, okay. um, but indoor netball, not indoor outdoor. netball, okay. Yeah. Um, but once I, I kind of achieved quite a bit of success there, and then after that, I went into coaching. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, I play socially mm -hmm. now, but I love coaching. You love coaching. Addicted. Well, because well, I think uh, based on the conversations that we've had now, you spend, you enjoy coaching more than the actual playing part. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so what is the difference between being a player and a coach? Wow, I think... Because you've done both, yeah. and pretty much at a high level for both of them, so I'm sure you've got some insights to share there. What is the difference between a coach and a player? So, I mean, as a coach, it's really about observing the players and helping them where they are mm -hmm. helping them get to that next level mm -hmm. both individually and within the team yeah a lot of technical and strategy whereas as a player you're obviously now doing the work of improving your skills and uplifting and encouraging your team as well mm -hmm. so i mean there are differences there and being a player to me, was a lot more emotional mm -hmm. because my performance was so linked to my identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you had a bad game, it means that you're a bad person. That's absolutely. the link that you had. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It was, I put so much pressure on myself. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, but I suppose as a coach, your team is an extension of you as well. Yeah, yeah. But you, you, have, you have to realize you only have so much control. 
So mm. it's about giving them tools so they can go out there, do what they need to do, and you just hope that you've given them enough. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, I'm trying to understand the mindset of an elite um, athlete because um, I know you reach provincial level, right? That's still quite hectic, um, especially because I play tennis, right? Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, tennis is hard. No, tennis, tennis. is definitely hard. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. So then, uh, I, I got to. We won the Eastern Tennis League with Lamatrika, which is like oh, a very fantastic. big thing. I'm like, yay! Um, <laughs> but then there's a certain level, like there's always there's levels to this, you know. Okay. Like, I, I what my tennis coach also always said, there's always someone better than you. I'm oh, like, yeah. always someone better than you. I'm like, okay, well, I guess so. Um, but uh, to, for you to get to that point of provincial yes. um, Easterns, right? Is it, yeah, yes. yeah, Easterns. <laughs> so, what mindset do you need to have to compete at that level? Because it's uh, Disney pop and place. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, I think it's the mindset, like you just said, your tennis coach telling you someone's always better. Yeah. Striving to get better yourself. Yeah. Um, I remember, and no one will believe me when I say this, but I used to enjoy practice more than play. What? I know. And wow. If you saw me practice, you'd understand. I loved practice. Yeah. Because I knew I was getting better. Yeah. Um, and it was this mindset of. If I, the harder I practice, the better I'm going to play. Yeah. And it did. It made mm. it easier. And I was super fit. I mean, I was at gym every morning before mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. training. Um, eventually, I used to train twice a day, six days a week. Wow. Because it was school netball. It was provincial. I played for two different age groups, like under 17 and under 21. Yeah, yeah. And it was hectic. But yeah. I loved it. But the mindset was... I, w- I never sat there going, oh, I'm tired, mm-hmm. or I can't do this, or woe is me. It was just go, just go out there, give your best, train hard, play hard, enjoy it. And that helped me raise my game. And the yeah. harder I trained, the easier the games became. The easier be- oh, that's good. Yeah. And wow. that, so, and I mean, you know, tennis, the more you train, the easier it got, yeah, 100%. right? 100%. Well, as well, well, with tennis, I'm going to make the assumptions the same with the netball. Uh, in order for your standard to, uh, of, of play to rise, you need to play with people who are also better than you to push you, right? Always. Right? Yeah. So when are you playing against Federer? Anytime soon? Rafet, listen, <laughs> I called uh, Roger Federer up and he was like, no, nah, I don't want to lose. That's <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to you know, lose no, his track he, record. No, he doesn't want yeah. any of this. He doesn't want any of this. Um, <laughs> playing against Federer, I'd actually love to do that. I mean, I saw Trevor Noah play with uh, Federer and Nadal back then. And I said, I want to do that one day. Maybe not at the same event, but I need to meet them and just play some uh, strokes with them. I mean, the level that they play at is absolutely insane. If you, well, I, I can't imagine being <laughs> like a Rafael Nadal now or a Novak Djokovic now. I mean, they are just crazy in terms of their, uh, their insane levels. Yeah. So um, knowing that you've been a player and that you all strive to get better yourself, um, is it tough to get someone to increase their performance and to get to a peak level um, as a coach? I think there's there's a lot of different factors. So you definitely can get players to improve. Um, the players I've worked with, I've really helped them grow in a lot of different ways. But it is a two-way street, and it's always about getting their buy-in. Mm. Um, and often for me, it's about questioning their why. Yeah. So at a school level, so I coach first team level, and you know this is sort of under eighteen, and we've had a lot of success there. And often I'll say to them, "So why? Mm-hmm. You know, are you pursuing this after school? I mean, we've had two of our players who are now playing 
semi-professional netball here. Okay, yeah. Um, and one of the players made, well, both of them actually made the baby trophy side as well. Wow. And well the nice thing is they've got scholarships to universities. They've had so many more opportunities. So often when I sit down with a player, I'll say, so what is the why? Okay. Are you just playing to enjoy it? Are you playing because you want to achieve more? Do you want to get scholarships? You know, what is it? And from there, I often get more buy-in, mm-hmm. really connecting with the players. But I also raise, or I expect the best from our players. Mm. And that, they always meet your expectations. Yeah. Um, we always kind of laugh because I expect my players to be professional. <laughs> I treat them <laughs> like professionals. Um, be on time. Yes, you Don't are. Don't throw tantrums. Absolutely. Be easy to work with. Yeah. yeah. Highest respect to your, towards your opponent, the umpires. You train harder than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to instill that in them because I know even though they might not be professional players, those qualities are going to help them in life. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. But you see that. You see them improve. And that's what I love. I mean, when you coach um, and you see that growth, it's, mm. it's incredible. Mm. Oh, that's crazy. So as a coach, um, what kind of mindset do you need to have that has now shifted from being a high-performance player, now you need to be a high-performance coach. Uh, two different things, I, yeah. I think. So I want to get your perspective on that. So it was shifting from it's about me to it's about them. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult when you, you know, you're in a player's mindset, it is about you as the player. Mm-hmm. Now as a coach, it's actually about them, mm-hmm. the players, and a lot of different players. So adjusting the mindset to understanding they're all different Mm -hmm. and starting to understand each of them individually which is a wonderful experience but can be really challenging at times yeah and then being being honest and being able to accept where you've made mistakes Mm -hmm. and where Mm -hmm. you're doing well where you're not doing well and where you need to learn Mm -hmm. and for me i have some phenomenal mentors in netball Dr. Alsha Rodan, who coached the baby Proteus, was a Protea herself. Yeah. She is a huge mentor for me um, in netball. And, I mean, she coaches elite. Elite, okay. Elite level, um, high performance. And it's so nice to keep learning and growing. Um, so every year I'm learning from her, just so that I can become a better coach. Because, mm. you know, there's always a new experience. And mm. you get thrown in and you're thinking, oh, like, how do I deal with this? Yeah. Um, but that's, it is, it is a mindset shift. And it's something I think that you grow into. Mm. You learn as you grow. <laughs> so you as a coach, you've got a coach. Yes, coach has a coach. <laughs> of course. You can't preach and not actually buy in, hey? <laughs> you need a coach. You need a coach. But man, where's a coach, man? <laughs> <laughs> coach, I can't come to practice today. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Oh, bro, bro. So what has been the benefit of you being coached? Because now you've been a player. Yes. You've been a coach. Now you've been a mentee, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So now what's the, been the benefit of you being coached? So it's taking the time to, well, have somebody help you look more objectively. That mm-hmm. whole you can't read the label from inside the bottle sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, And having someone be objective and quite open. Because yeah. I enjoy criticism. Yeah. I, li- I would much rather have someone tell me in private, like, this is what you're doing wrong. Let's yeah. fix it now. Then have a whole audience tell you (laughs) (laughs) or spread it on social media Mm. um so it's so nice having a coach to open my eyes to where i'm doing things well where i need to improve yeah um and then it also makes you understand how the people being coached feel so you can kind of understand from both 
perspectives, yeah. which definitely gives you an advantage. Mm. All right, cool. So then we rewind to the 14-year-old Candice. Yes, oh my goodness, that's very long. Very long time ago. You said it, not me. I'm saying. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So rewind to the 14 year old Candace, who is now in, I think, grade eight at that time. Yes. Yeah. You're starting high school, which can be the most confusing time outside of starting yeah. varsity. Yeah. So now she's here. She has to listen to your advice. What is it that you tell her that you now know? Think that it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I spent <laughs> so much time yeah. worrying yeah. like that things weren't going to work out and mm. putting pressure on myself. Yeah. And now I look back and I kind of want to say to her, just relax. Take like, it easy. Yeah, just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Don't be so worried. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and actually... Just enjoy it. Just yeah. have fun with it. Mm. And know you will actually achieve the success you want. Because mm. uh, for a long time, I just like, I just want it, but I can't get it. It's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be just relax. Just enjoy it. Just relax. Take it easy. It's going to uh, go by quite quickly. I remember when I was in uh, grade eight, I think someone was a matric, a matriculant. And they seemed like giants back then, right? When <laughs> oh, they seemed like giants. But then now if I look someone in the trick, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> You you are such like, a cute. youngster. <laughs> you Gen Z you <laughs> You you probably drink uh, drink energy aids and on TikTok all the time, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um they said, Please enjoy. I'm like, enjoy what? Be like you high school career. I'm like, why? It's gonna go. It's gonna go by quickly. It's gonna go by quickly. I'm like, yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. I, I said this to him. Do me a favor, please. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. I said, I said, get out of here. I didn't believe him. Five years later, I'm like, what? It's all gone. It's all gone. Now I, I must go to varsity. So, um, I think, I think at all stages in life, you're always rushing things. You yeah. always want things now, and you have a lot of time. I think who's it? Gary V said you have a lot of time actually, and you're busy stressing and working hard and striving, and your life is going by while you're busy stressing over something that will eventually happen. Um, uh, my uh, my brother-in-law said to me while well, I was still in varsity. Another piece of advice he said, uh, I'm like yo man, I'm busy stressing. I just want to graduate, man. I I just want to graduate. I just want to graduate. He's like. Enjoy the process. Why are you stressing over something that's going to happen? Just take it easy. Just live your life for the fun, you know? So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's some insane advice. And then now you fast forward to the 16-year-old uh, version of Candice. And now things are starting to become more practical. Now you start to start picking your subjects and where you're going to start specializing. Um, and if you this the time, you're probably killing yourself with the gym to be you know, the Michael Jordan of Nepal. What advice do you give that version of Candice? So I love that advice by Gary Vee um, as well because it is, I think all of us are always rushing to the next thing and I still catch myself doing that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my 16-year-old self, I think, is to keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. because the journey really started there. 
Um, mm-hmm. I actually, so before then, I never used to read books. Oh. I wasn't a book reader. I was a netball player and a Sims player. Look at you now. Look, look, look at you now. <laughs> look at that. And around 15 years. You used to play the Sims. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the Sims. What were they actually saying? I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What were they actually saying? <laughs> they were speaking whatever it is they were speaking. I don't know. I'm like, oh, well, John, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Mm. No, but they were so much fun. <laughs> Get lost in the Sims. But um, that 15 or 16 is when I actually started reading. So my mom actually brought me the book, The Secret, um, yes, where it all, fun, yeah. all started. And from there, I was blown away. I remember reading it after a netball tour. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I sat there and I was like, I have control. Before then, I always felt like everything else was just happening and I couldn't really control it. I was just at the mercy of fate. Mm. And when I read that book, it empowered me. For the first time in my life, I walked around confident. I mm. wasn't worried anymore. I was mm. like, okay, I'm in charge. I'll yeah. take responsibility. I'll create. And yeah. so for my 16-year-old self, it's to actually just keep learning to learn because mm. that's where it all started, where I started mm. to find my love for books, for learning more, yeah. and yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. All right. That's fantastic. Then we move forward yes. to your 18, 19-year-old self finished you left high school behind you matriculated which is a very big achievement in the in the <laughs> scheme of things where we find Absolutely. ourselves um in uh the country now you're like i'm in psychology now <laughs> jung and nietzsche <laughs> and freud oh, i'm not making sense stuff. <laughs> um, pavlov and his dogs <laughs> i don't know you're feeling you're probably feeling frustrated and dejected and you're like i can't i don't know what life means i don't know where i'm going to find myself now you're doubting your very existence (laughs) in a psychology course there we go there's some really deep thinking (laughs) happening here questioning my existential (laughs) existence existential crisis you know and then you're probably having regrets to like ah i I did well in netball i crushed myself doing this and i played so hard now I'm hating my life now. We go back to that version of Candace, 18, 19 years old. What do you tell her? I tell her to buy her own book. <laughs> <laughs> Read it yeah. and apply it. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, to be fair, the book hadn't been written. Yeah, okay, true. Yeah. Okay, so we won't do this back to the future thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is to take action sooner mm-hmm. and stop worrying about what other people think mm-hmm. and stop letting that fear stop you. Because mm. I think for a lot of time it was. It was worrying about what other people would think. Um, and also, I think that delayed gratification. Yeah, yeah. I did want that success so much sooner. Yeah. It's just like, why are you taking so long? Mm. So I think for my 18-year-old self, I would just say start taking action. Stop allowing fear to hold you back. Yeah. Big one. That seems, I suppose it's universal. Yeah. Um, and to actually just focus on what you enjoy as opposed to this idea, well, society's idea of success. Mm. Make it success on your own terms. Okay. Yeah. All right. Make it success on your own terms. That's yeah. what inspired success is about. That's yeah. <laughs> success on your own terms. Yeah. That's absolutely. what we need. Okay. So then now we fast forward to you've graduated. Around about what age, age was it? It was 2014. So I was about 24. You were about 24. Okay, great. 
so now you're about to start teaching yeah okay what advice do you give that version of yourself um that's an interesting one the first one would actually be to save more money save more money <laughs> what what are we saving money for <laughs> we're gonna die eventually <laughs> no I, I always laugh and i look back and i'm like oh and i mean i'm a big saver and investor mm-hmm. uh, but that's one thing i would want myself to do a bit better um Again, it's action, and I think to not take yourself so seriously. Mm. I do take myself. I'm a very serious person. I can't, yeah, yeah. I can take myself way too seriously. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that would be something my 24 year old self needs to do. It's just lighten up. Yeah, lighten <laughs> up. Like, listen, the number of people who are going to be at your funeral will be determined by the weather that day. All right. <laughs> so just take it easy. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so then now you've about three years into your career um, at this point. You're about 27, 28-ish. Now you've got a degree in teaching because you've spent that time actually practically <laughs> teaching it. Now, what advice do you give that person um, from the point of view of where you are now? Um, so when I think that's sort of where all of this started mm. was sort of 2018 and and I actually don't know what advice I would give myself. Because I feel like at that point, I really mm. started gaining momentum. Yeah. I started doing things that I had been telling myself to do for the yeah. first 28 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I could have, I'm sure I could always do things better. Of course, of course. But that was actually the, t- the sweet spot where mm. I actually just kind of got over that, that hurdle. Mm. And started taking the action and seeing the action lead to results. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, I think I would, I'd actually just say, "Good job" to my twenty-eight-year-old self and say, "Keep going." Oh, good job, <laughs> fantastic, oh, fantastic. <laughs> right. Um. So now, let's say you've got a fourteen. Let's 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 say sixteen-year-old. Um. Because that's where pretty much we, our existential crises start around that, about about that age, you know. Some later, some earlier, but like median. That's just what I think. I don't have data to support this, but that's just what I think. <laughs> um, so then you say, okay, here is a copy of the book. And then they say, where should I start? Which is the one key. You say you've got seven, seven. Um, seven keys, right? So you'll say, there was like, if there's only one key, that I could, that I can't get wrong. I really, really can't get wrong. I mean, well, everything is key, right? But then <laughs> if I if I lost this key, it's good. I'd be really, really lost. So which is this key that I absolutely cannot get wrong? It's the first key. The first which key. Which is your superpower, your mm. mindset. Mindset, okay. Definitely. I think, you know, you, our biggest challenge and obstacle is often in our minds. Yeah, ourselves. yeah. And that's it's the first key in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the longest chapters, but it's, if young people can get their mindset right mm-hmm. in a way that they speak to themselves in a more encouraging way and mm-hmm. they actually train their mind to help them achieve success. 100%. That to me is that if they can get that right, yeah. everything else will come. Of course. Yes, <laughs> that yeah. is number one. Yeah, because I mean, we, we like to make up stories in our mind 
we like to make up struggles in our mind hypochondriacs yeah. oh the world is against me the, <laughs> the whole world is, is against you the whole yes guys but the whole world is against you all of them like all of them everyone's against, every everyone. single one everyone yes everyone like everyone all seven billion people everyone they don't have their own issues no <laughs> can't be the whole world right Never. Um, and sometimes some of the things that we imagine to be challenges are not really challenges at all so yeah. you know like you imagine something going wrong but it never actually happens very much so yeah we live in that that worst case scenario mm-hmm. and it, we actually don't like um gary v it's it's yeah. like actually you know just enjoy your life yeah, stop being so life. busy stop being worried like just enjoy what's happening mm. um, and that starts in your mind in your mind starts up there and yeah. i mean you know this you teach this all the time as well mm. um and that's it's our biggest hurdle and i find so often I look at some of the students that I work with and I teach and you can see that they are like holding themselves back by the yeah. way they think. Yeah. And I, I'm like, if I can just help you get that better, yes. I know you, you'll feel better. You're not going to be um, pulled down by yourself. The world yeah. will try and pull you down enough already. Exactly. So you have to kind of lift yourself. Mm-hmm. And if they can just see that, um, when you see these kids who are suicidal and mm. and I want to say to them it will pass of I course promise it yeah. gets better when we're young we're so emotional I yeah. remember being I mean like the smallest thing you have a fight with your friend it's the end of the oh world oh my gosh oh. I mean it's <laughs> awful right like everything so you feel so deeply when of, you're young of course I honestly wish I cared far less yes. about certain people and things when I was younger. Oh my goodness! It's like you have a tip with uh, your quote-unquote best friend who's not going to be your best friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then you, I, you look back. I'm like, I wasted so much time. I would have rather been practicing my backhand. Now I'm busy having fun <laughs> fights with this person. <laughs> yeah. How dare! How dare they? Yeah. And that is it's mindset, and it's mm. I know it's we learn it with age. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, we do. do yeah. But I just when I see those kids, I want to say to them, I'm like. Don't worry, it's mm. going to pass. I promise the the awful feelings that you have now, it gets better. Yeah. And you don't understand it when you're in it. No, you I don't. mean, when you're in it, you're like, oh, please, you know nothing. You don't understand what I'm you going through. You don't know through. my life. You don't know my life. Yeah, I do. That's I do. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. want to help them because to me, that must be horrible to mm. feel that way. And mm. the best is yet to come. Yeah. Life I'm, gets so much better. It does. <laughs> oh, it does. Now you're like, what? I don't know. You're busy stressing about. I didn't get an invite to a party. What? <laughs> what? Like, the older you get, you don't want to go to their party, even if they invite you. There's no time. There's, no, no. I there's have no to. time. No, there's no time. I have things to do, like rather. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then I think, because, I mean, I had, because I was a suicide as a, as a teenager. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, when I look heart. back, I'm like, yeah, it was, it was really tough. Um, and then it was all in your mind, really. Because uh, you feel like, ah, oh, it'd be easy if I was dead, or I don't know how I'm going to overcome this challenge, only to find out that I was really having first world problems and that I didn't have a different view of what I was going through. Yeah, some of it was a lot of emotional to- turmoil, it was, it, was, it was back to there. However, yeah. nothing I feel that I can ever go through is ever worth me taking my life. That's just me. Other people have a different views, but then that's just the that's what I arrived at. And then uh, I listened to what uh, a speech by Malcolm X. He was like, "Think about this. 
uh, think about this different perspective to problems. You have a problem, uh, like someone else has a problem that they can't swim. Let's say you and I both have the same problem. Uh-huh. We both can't swim. Yeah. Now, you are in the bathtub and you can't swim, and I'm in the middle of the ocean and I can't <laughs> swim. So who has <laughs> who actually has the who problem? Who actually has the problem? <laughs> and then that, from that regards, I'm like just. Just not, not to diminish your own pain or a problem. Yeah. Just give a different perspective to it to say, um, actually, it's not that bad. It's yeah. really, really not that bad. Um, and there's always a way around it. And I think uh, the way I love the work that, you, that you're doing and coaching and speaking to, to kids is that most of the problems that they're having is in their mind and they have not been able to verbalize it to someone. Life teacher, life changed when you can it can talk to someone about it, and write about it, and then be like, actually, life is not that bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It's that perspective, and that they always say, you know, comparison. We compare ourselves all the time. Yeah. And when we actually put those problems in perspective, it does help. Mm-hmm. And having someone to help us, um, because yeah, sometimes you might be like oh this shouldn't be a problem you know i have food on the table i've yeah. got a beautiful life but it's still real for you in that moment mm. and yeah sometimes you just need someone to talk to mm. to say to you no it's, it's okay you can feel this yeah. but now you know hit you upside the head and say okay you've got yeah. so much yeah, let's use it <laughs> a ton. yes 100 i'm not gonna not get up you know yeah so i think that for me and i mean um it's it's it is just help because mm. no matter what whenever you're going through a problem what do we do? We isolate. Yeah, we go isolate. away from everyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's the worst thing because mm. the minute you're with someone and you hear they have the same problems that you as you do mm-hmm. or similar, you're like, oh, I'm normal. Yeah, okay. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, what you didn't get invited to? Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Let's hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it does. It, it. You can still feel the pain and the emotional hurt, but you, you start to realize that can be stronger with somebody else as well mm. and you can learn from it and you've got support yeah um, of course we yeah. love support it really is a healer yeah it is all right cool so then now this same kid comes up to you and says yes. listen i got my mindset right things are better okay yeah. this is fantastic now what is the second most important key that i need to digest so most important the other thing um (laughs) i think so they need a lot on each other yeah um because one of the biggest ones to me is then taking action Mm -hmm. but obviously taking action especially small consistent action okay for me i'm all about that doing small little things every day that Mm -hmm. over time add up but you know it doesn't help drinking a little bit of alcohol every day. That's mm. not going to lead you in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, let's, not, let's not do that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what action? Yes. So the second key is values and knowing what you want. Mm. I think, I mean, I lamented this when I was in grade 12. It's, I don't know what I want to do. And, and I can be anything and I can mm. do anything. And what mm. do I do? Mm. Like, won't someone just tell me yeah. what to do? Yeah. And I hear this a lot. And it's because there's just so many options. There's overwhelm, um, and a lot of the time, especially young people, they don't make a decision because they're overwhelmed. Mm. That's the whole paralysis. Like, there's too many choices. Yeah. I don't know what to eat at this restaurant. <laughs> I give up. You tell me. Just um, go for the chicken. Just go for the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and 
that is like no one can make that decision for you 100% so it's looking at values which you spoke about earlier and mm-hmm. deciding for you that yeah. whole success on your own terms yeah um, and, and this was a big thing Jenny she said so success on your own terms I always tell her but she's awesome and it's once they know what they want not mm-hmm. for their mom and their dad not for society not for their best friends not for them yeah but for mm. them and that's not always easy because a lot of it for me becoming a teacher wasn't cool mm. you know there was no status to being a teacher yeah and when you're young unfortunately status is important yeah but when I actually went I don't care I actually want to do this and yeah. I love doing it and I'll give it my own status of course <laughs> right? yeah. 100% that, but now I do what I love no one mm. has to get up and do my live my day except mm-hmm. me yeah so to me that's the second key for for young people is to figure out and decide what they want to do so warren buffett there's that famous story with his chauffeur mm-hmm. where um i haven't heard this one him and his there's a chauffeur driving warren buffett somewhere and he asks him for like the best advice and warren buffett says write down everything you want to achieve in your life on a yeah. piece of paper mm-hmm. and then i think pick the top three mm-hmm. and scrap the rest okay. and focus on those top three only until you've achieved it mm-hmm. and then you look at the others because okay. so often we just everywhere i want to do this i want to mm, do that that's I wanna, great advice and then you live you never land up doing it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the best yeah. because you can only catch one rabbit at a time mm-hmm. uh, one of my mentors lisa ellinger told me that mm-hmm. and it's if young people can figure out what they want, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be this perfect image. So I didn't have this clear idea I wanted to be a teacher doing stuff. I just, I wanted to teach, and that's molded and changed a lot, but I'm mm-hmm. still doing what I love yeah. every single day. Yeah. So if they can figure out what they value, what they most want in life, what mm-hmm. they most want to feel, mm-hmm. um, and then pick something and just pursue it. Wholeheartedly. With, yes, wholeheartedly. Mm. And that's a big one because then you can take the actions and do all that other stuff once you know where you're going. Yeah, hundred sure. percent. No, that's that's sage advice. That's sage advice. I, I, <laughs> I'd like I'll, I'll take that advice. Um, so I'm not too sure if this still exists among high school kids as varsity kids, even though many have reached out saying that they want a coaching after the talk that I give to your business treat yourself yeah. that one. I'm like. Do you have fifteen thousand rand for it? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, um. they're like, you see the way my bank account is set up. The thing is, <laughs> um, but one of the questions that I, I have now, because is around, you know, peer pressure and lane watching. It is immense in our age group. I mean, yeah. it's still massive. People who are in their fifties. Are yep. still going through peer pressure and keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know who the Joneses are. I've never met them. I don't know why they're important, <laughs> but people want to keep up with the Joneses. Okay, so maybe someone for five marks could tell me who the Joneses <laughs> are, right? But is uh, peer pressure still a prevalent thing in in that age group? Because I haven't I haven't been in touch with them for quite a while. Definitely. Is it? And I think social media has made it worse. Okay. Yeah. Because of that whole you go on social media you're getting that um, you know rush of dopamine and then you're seeing other people living these lives mm-hmm. right and we know what people post yeah. no one posts themselves crying in a corner of after course. they've had a really bad day <laughs> we post ourselves living the life yeah. you know and we don't post you know i'm awake at four o'clock in the morning yeah. at gym working hard yeah, or, yeah. or some people do but some, or some do yeah, yeah yeah but it's not always we post when we feel good. We don't post when we feel bad. Yeah. And I think kids see that, and then they see 
these idealizations mm-hmm. and then they feel that judgment and yeah. that pressure yeah. um, in a larger state, yeah. to a larger extent. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So then um, the same 16-year-old has come to you. Okay, fine. Yeah. I have got my mindset right. I've started to take the action. I'm living my life for myself. I've finished all seven of the keys. Amazing. Now I'm like, she's like, um, she, he, doesn't matter. I'm feeling overwhelmed because I keep, I have this incessant need to compare myself to others. What do you say to a person there? So I cover that a bit in mindset, in that mindset part, because it is important, and the value part, that you need to be true to yourself. Um, I think it was a a proverb that you go into the box alone. Yeah. You die without anyone or anything, and all those other things that you thought mattered didn't. Yeah. But it is quite a tricky one to tackle because a lot of it is getting the right mindset. Um, and then also, I like to sometimes shift focus away from self and say to them, well, you know, what value do you have to add and how can you add that? Yeah. Because when we start to, t- when we move away from focusing on ourselves and what people think of us and we yeah. think, well, what, how can I serve? Yeah. How can I help others? We tend to also stop thinking about ourselves so mm. much. But it, it's quite a tricky one. I think it's a, a bit of a journey to help a young person shift that mindset to actually not be as influenced by that and to start listening to that inner voice and yeah. saying, this is for me, this is what I want. Yeah. And what's weird is when we do that and we live authentically, yeah, yeah. people are drawn to us naturally. Of they, course, yeah. You know, and you kind of just carrying on and people are like, wow, I resonate with you because mm. you are brave enough to live like this. Yeah. So it's quite a catch-22. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so now you are imagining yourself yes. uh, 15 years from now, mm-hmm. 15 years from now, um, and you and just, uh, just project all the experiences that you would have had and things you would have gone through what would that look like and what advice would that person give to you today? I know it's a very, very abstract yeah. back to the future, end game, <laughs> time traveling, esoteric type concept. But what I'm trying to get is what you think yourself in the future would tell you today. Again, stop worrying. Because <laughs> it stop still happens. Stop worrying and start living. Yeah. And I like that idea of slowing down and being Mm-hmm. So funny enough, it's one of my keys that I like. What you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe now button. Follow on YouTube, Instagram, and other platforms listed. Also, check out the website for more information. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for the support. Now back to the show. Yeah. I think that I do try to live by. Yeah. But I find even now, especially now that I'm hustling yeah. with so many different things. Every day I'm hustling. Yeah. Every day I'm hustling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so much you get caught up in that mm-hmm. and you forget to actually just sit down and actually just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Just enjoy sitting here with you. Yeah. Doing something I've never done before. Yeah. Um, so I think that That's what know, I do, people. That's what yeah. I do. Give people new life experiences. That's what I do. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that 15, in 15 years, I think I would be giving myself that, saying, enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's going to come, everything mm-hmm. that you know, you're working towards. And, and just keep building good relationships. Yeah. I find you know, building those relationships that will last over time are so yeah. important. Oh, and look after your health. 
Yes. I have yeah. been neglecting this side of my life a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's and, fair. And I'm like, I know in 10 years, my 10-year-old, in 10 years' time, that person's not going to thank me for what mm, I'm doing today. Of course. So yeah. I kind of think, I'm like, okay, what would myself in 10 years thank me for yeah, today? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's, like, it's, not, it's not your fault that all of us uh, sort of let ourselves go after, especially after lockdown. Oh, we were sold a dream. It was supposed to be just 21 days. <laughs> It was supposed to just be 21 days, and then oh, it didn't turn up being 21 days. We're still sort of in a form of lockdown of some sorts. It's been like two years. Come on, government. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So you speak about financial literacy and mistakes. So what are some of the financial mistakes? You said you wish you would have saved earlier, so I'm not going to touch on what are some of the financial mistakes that you made. Um, what are some of the financial mistakes you see some of your clients make? And I'm not going to say not have a budget because that is the most obvious one. <laughs> well, maybe it's not obvious. So sometimes the obvious is not obvious until you make it obvious. But other than not having a budget, what are some of the mis- financial mistakes that people make? So South Africans are a buy now, pay later society in general. Yes, that's me too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I admit it. I'm admitting my sins. <laughs> <laughs> Admit, admitting it is the first is step. <laughs> 21 day program starting today in Jabulo. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Oh, wow. Um, but, like, really, I'm going to be dead on it. It's like, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's a pervasive thing. So, we're a buy now, save later, or pay, pay later. Yeah. We love, we love credit mm-hmm. and we get it a bit too easily in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is a problem. So, a lot of young people get into debt right at the beginning of their financial journey and mm-hmm. they actually it's like literally digging a hole mm-hmm. and then putting yourself in a hole before you could even start and that's mm-hmm. quite hard because mm-hmm. you know we live in a country where there's not we we actually sitting in a time where there's now going to be a lot of first generation millionaires first yeah. generation entrepreneurs yeah, yeah, and yeah. in a lot in bigger numbers yeah okay. yeah that's good, right? It's awesome. Okay, good. Um, but we want more people like that okay. because a lot of people are missing out on that because of debt that they get into early. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want more first-generation millionaires to then create generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And obviously, habits, they can then pass on to the next generation and the next so that it grows. Mm-hmm. But debt, there's a big debt crisis. We, even our so-called middle, well, our middle class, I mean, they faded away during covid and mm. well it shrank because everything they've got the big house the big car but it's all on it's all in debt and it's, now it's, do, do, do. It, don't have, yeah, don't it's gone yeah and it's problematic because we don't sleep well at night we don't yeah. understand the cost of debt mm. debt is not a bad thing mm-hmm. listen you can use debt wisely mm-hmm. um, to grow but if that debt is helping you grow your income mm-hmm. great but if it's actually just digging you in a hole that's not the ideal Listen, Candice, I want my 75-inch screen TV. <laughs> now you're telling me that getting it on credit is not a good idea. No, of course <laughs> not. <laughs> Unless that TV screen is going to help you make some money. No, I'm going to play my PlayStation. No, no, no. <laughs> we can make no. money playing games. So yeah, now yeah, we can yeah. start talking about how do we turn that into an income stream. Of course, of course. <laughs> mm. So debt's a big thing. And because we get into so much debt, we then don't save. Yeah. And a lot of us, when we think about wealthy people, mm-hmm. we think about people, we think about celebrities, think about Michael Jordan, we think about Bill Gates and... Rihanna. Yes, Rihanna. We think about, you know, these people who... Rihanna, shout out. Can I get you on the show, please? I, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I, just, I just want to talk about how you made the, that Billy. That, that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> Shout out to Rihanna. Um, you know we often think about those people and we think that's how you get rich but that's not how you get rich Mm. most millionaires are they just did simple things like saved money invested and you can actually become a millionaire quite easy not easily I say Mm. I use the word easy but it's small insignificant things if you save 200 rand every month Mm -hmm. I think it's for 20 years you Mm. then have a million rand Oh, okay. Okay. So I posed this cha- challenge to my family, and I said to them, okay, so I've got some wealthy family members. Mm-hmm. If you invest three... I'm looking for some sponsorship. I need some <laughs> new gear. There we go. <laughs> Actually, I'll hook you up, okay? <laughs> but they better be saving and investing. So yeah, they, can, <laughs> they can give that saving and investing here. There no. we go. Get a return. <laughs> hey, yeah? you're, a good, you're a good investment. Of course, Rulo, of course, so. of course. <laughs> um, so if you invest, you think about how expensive kids are, right? But mm. now wealthy, when you're wealthy, you kind of give your kids a lot of stuff, a lot mm. of toys and go on holiday unnecessary and toys. unnecessary things. If you invested 3,000 rand, I know it's a lot, every single month yeah. in a tax-free savings account yeah. for the first 15 years of their life. Of their life, okay. okay. They will have 1. I think 3 million rand by 15. By 15? 15, one five. Did you say one five? Yes. Is it, wait, wait, wait. Have I got my calculation correct? No, I'm lying to you. Am I lying? <gasps> now you make me think. Okay. I did this calculation the other day. I think so. If you invest it, yeah. it'll be. From the day they're born, right? From the day they're born. Yeah. So it, in South Africa, you can invest 3,000 Rand every single month mm-hmm. or 36,000 Rand per financial year, yeah. up to 500,000 Rand in a lifetime. Okay. So if you invested 3,000 rand a month, that would take about 15 years, give or take. Okay. Once it's invested, you never want to take it. You, yeah. Not never, but you want to leave it because yeah. whatever it grows to is then tax-free. Tax-free. Now you imagine, okay, yeah. there are calculations. I actually did this calculation the other day. I'm sorry, it's just escaping. No but worries, online, no there's lots of calculations. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was 1.3 million. Yeah. Um, or it was when they are age 25. Give them. You could give your kid. It might be twenty five. So you're yeah. investing. Yeah. But imagine turning twenty five and your parents gave you one point three million. I wish. Could you imagine? I, I can. Now imagine leaving that. Yeah. And when you're sixty five, it's worth like thirty or forty million, mm. tax free. Tax free. And so SARS can't come and say we won't. Nope. SARS have to leave that money, and and that's the power of compounding. Yeah. Now not everyone has three thousand rand per month. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But it doesn't. It's not this huge thing mm-hmm. but over time it's incredible yeah, I, i'm making i'm making the decision uh, personally we're having this yeah. uh, debate with uh, a colleague of mine um she saw an interview with a seven-year-old mm-hmm. who had just written a book makes you feel good about your life right oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> one day when i grow up to be seven when i grow up to be seven <laughs> You'll probably say to your kids, when I was seven years old, I was 25. <laughs> oh, shame those poor kids. Imagine having to live up to that. Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> so um, my, friend, my friend was making the observation that this kid is so articulate and mm-hmm. so well put together in the thought process. And then she went and she looked at the school that she uh, went to. Um, it's a pretty prest- prestigious school in uh, Santon. I think it's like Kingsmead, one of those uh, schools, that, that school. I'm like, yeah, I know that, that school quite well. She looked at the fees. I'm like, oh, the fees are so expensive. I'm like, now expensive is relative, right? Yeah. So she's like, I feel so depressed because I won't be able to send my school to kids to these expensive schools and um, they're not going to have the future that they have. And I'm like, 
okay. And then I should also say that having kids is expensive. My argument is this. Yes, kids can cost. But I think parents make kids expensive in the, in the sense that they always want to buy them PlayStation 89 or they want to buy them Air Jordans or they want to uh, buy them all these things that some kids don't really care. They don't, they, they don't really care. Instead of, uh, and also send them to a, a certain school because of just the name of the school, yeah. not necessarily the quality of the, uh, the quality of the education. When I got to when I got to varsity, I was like, okay, I went to a very a very great school. I should be <laughs> all right. I'm being wiped off the academic floor by those who went to just uh, just uh, just like normal schools. I'm like, yeah. what is the what is the difference that's going on here? And then when I spoke to them, they were like, at home, we were forced to learn, to study, to manage our finances. To basically, they were basically having home seminars <laughs> on, how, on, on how the kids would be, would be disciplined. And now they're doing quite well, they're quite well in life. So I said, okay, all right, I'm not going to send them to uh, a Harvard-level school when they're like five years old. What am I doing? I'd yeah. rather teach them because I think the important, most important thing is what happens in the, in the, in the household. Yeah. I'd rather teach them that, so, you know, give them Candace's book, read that and apply it, right? And then I'd rather do what you just said uh, which I should be doing is put money uh, aside so that they, when they're 15, when they're 25, when they're 35, 50, they are financially set. And because of the mindset that they're going to have, they're not going to be the next contestant or person on the show I blew it. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a big thing. Is yeah. If they didn't work for it either, yeah. then it's the whole thing will just become too easy. Because yeah, you yeah. and I know when you've worked for something, yeah. you value it a lot more. The harder you work, the harder it is for you to surrender. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like you say, you can teach them the mindset mm. um, so that if they do now get all this money, they know what to do with it. Mm. Um, so you can, and that's important. You know, it's Education comes from all different bases. Yeah. So what are uh, some of the things that you invest in? You yourself personally. Me myself. So I've got a full portfolio. So I invest across um, a lot of different assets, uh, a lot of shares, um, and then property. I love property. So yeah. I've got a, um, two properties now that I've, they're still going to take part to pay bills. But the nice thing is I'm using debt as leverage to then use OPW, OPM, other people's money. Other people's money, yes. To then pay that off. Um, I invest offshore and locally, but mm-hmm. a lot more locally. Yeah. I believe in this country. Saz, go fetch her. She's <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they knocked on my door earlier this year. Go Good away. <laughs> go away. <laughs> you know, they're very good at uh, taking your money, but without to pay. Oh, my they goodness. Took How long does that take? That took, for me, it took like four months. Yeah, me too. I'm like, but you guys are so efficient. <laughs> yeah, when, when they I'm need gonna, money. I'm, I'm going to go complain to them. <laughs> it's my right as a South African citizen. It's my constitutional right. <laughs> I don't know where it is in the constitution, but it's probably there. <laughs> yeah. It's in the, the fine print. This the bottom. is the fine print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, actually, I have a financial advisor, an independent yeah. financial advisor. Because mm. I actually started investing when I was 15. What's an independent financial advisor? So, they're not linked to any company like okay. an old mutual or a discovery. Yeah, they yeah. are independent of that. So, they mm. will look for the best product for me across those. Mm-hmm. So, when I started investing when I was 15, I went through a company. Okay. Um, like an affiliated company and then as I grew my financial knowledge I realized that it's not always the best option because mm-hmm. they only try and sell you their product and mm-hmm. I mean some of their products are great 
But so now I've got an independent financial advisor who will look across yeah. and then help me to invest. Because I still don't know enough in the sense of I'm still learning about a lot of those things. So I wouldn't I do invest my own money as well. I play a lot on easy equities. Yeah, E E. E E I love Shout easy out equities. to Mr. Charles Savage. <laughs> I think get him on the show actually. You really actually, should. Actually, I haven't spoken to him in a while. Easy equities is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So so while I was building my knowledge, I invest in now I'm doing stuff for myself, but I've mm-hmm. got an advisor who helped me take out my first retirement policy at 15. Yeah. <laughs> at 15. At 15, I got my first job coaching netball, and mm-hmm. my mom was like, you are going to save some of this money. Yeah, that's amazing. And I started investing there, and mm. I was like, oh, I mean, I still can't touch that money. If I die a day before I turn 55, I'm going to be so upset. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if uh, if that happens, I'll be there. I'll be like, so. <laughs> there we go. Where is her will? I saw Where is her, her will? She signed it at the she podcast She signed it for day. me, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so uh, the financial advisors helped me, and I understand a lot about what I'm invested in, um, and I've got some commodities. I've played with crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have some Bitcoin and Ethereum and USD coin. Um, I'm sure you, you wanted to kill someone at the beginning of this year. <laughs> so, I mean, the nice thing for me is it's that sort of experimental. Oh, okay. So it's sort of, I put a little bit of money there to see what happens. Some of us put all money there. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Portfolio. I get Please. you. I get the. I get the. I get the portfolio part. It's been very profitable for me, to, in my defense, being because I started um, in that area in two, around 2015. Because awesome. I always loved uh, like anything that's got to do with digital. Okay. I I think that is the future. That's that's always yeah. been my mindset. So then got got together with a group of uh, mentors and we're like, okay, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, all these things. Future of money. Are you in or out? I'm like, okay, fine. And then. Um, one of the biggest investments mistakes I made was taking out some of it before it really appreciated in value. So I'm still kicking myself there. I'm like, man, I could be on a yacht. Not really, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, hard so, knocks. Yeah, hard knocks. But then I think at the, the end of this year, I think I'm going to diversify to make things safe. After the beginning of this year, I'm like, mm, let me divide, diversify. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and where cool. are you diversifying to? What are you interested uh, in? I'm interested again uh, in property. So I made a deal with myself um, that I when I released the the third book because yes. I invested quite a lot in in, in the books and traveling you would have seen i went to with tony robbins seven oh, those, so those, jealous. those things don't be jealous until you see the bill <laughs> <laughs> but the experience no the experience oh. ah the experience that 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 cost uh, quite a sum i invested quite a sum there um and so i keep on investing in um knowledge assets like this the podcasts, the seminars uh the books um they get the courses and see what works and what doesn't work. That's where my investment portfolio is even closer and further. When the third book is finished, yeah. that's when I'll be like, right, now it's time for me to go into property and really think uh, really think about how I'm going to make it work there. Uh, fortunately, I met someone five years ago. He used to run a big property company in Dubai. Okay. He used to make like $130 million a year. Hey? I'm like, wow. But he left because it was too stressful. You can imagine that as an investor. So I'll, so I'll hit him up and be like, yo, <laughs> so what about that house? So yeah. I want to diversify there. And then I read, there's an app called Lucid. Do you know the app no, called Lucid? Uh, are, you, are you Android or iOS? iOS. iOS, fantastic. That's the only <laughs> iOS. That's the only software that you actually use. Yeah. There's a, a book. A, a, so like, it's like, you know, like Blinkist and Headway. Yeah. No, it's not Headway. No, it's Blinkist and 
introduce it. So what it is, it's like 15-minute book summary. So what they do, they visualize books. They have a team that they ah. condense books and they visualize it. So I'm like, uh, there's a book called The Intelligence Investor by Benjamin yes. Graham. That's a big book. It's, it's massive, but uh, I haven't finished it. I, I went and read the lucid version of it. That was like 20 minutes, and it's like pictures, and it's okay. like interactive. You should look into it, and maybe yeah. you could do something like that for your online uh, content as well. And I said, when you invest in a company, uh, you should invest for value because people have, even following your advice, they can go and make a poor judgment call and say, I'm going to invest in this company. And you know, they say, it's worth $9 billion, but it was actually worth one. Yeah. Or because people speculated that it's worth nine. <laughs> yes. But it's actually worth one. So they say you invest for value. So for me, yeah. it's like the S&P, um, Satrix, the JSC, yeah. uh, property, and... Um, that's where uh, I want my uh, portfolio to go, and also invest in my own business as well, and so I can keep uh, so I can keep on on growing. But those are the, like the, the safe options, the proven options that work. Yeah, so that's where I'm looking to diversify into um, at the end of this year. Yeah, that's awesome. And personal investment is the best investment. Yeah, because once you know how to make a thousand. You make, make ten. You can make ten million. Yeah, <laughs> ten million dollars. Yeah, I, I think I should make uh, ten million dollars, and so I could just blow it all. Um, like I've already done it, so I can start again. Yeah, okay. I don't know what this need compulsion has carried saved me from myself. You've got to go listen to a podcast with Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. Cardone. Or, or Cardone. Yeah, he yeah, is he's awesome. Cra- he's crazy. Some of the stuff he says, that's, I go a little. Whoa, I don't know. That's like challenges me in new ways but i yeah, mean that's that sort of thinking 10x yeah like yeah 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 his some of his he dumps all his cash at the end of every financial year so that he actually starts the year with no cash so then he has to work exactly. <laughs> because there's no cash yeah he's, he's crazy yeah <laughs> he's definitely crazy um yeah so we're at the point of a, of a show now where you get to ask me questions so you okay. are the host so you get to ask me questions things that you want to know about the thing about the, the, the things that i'm thinking uh, just the one, two, three, maybe four questions. It's up to you, yeah. Okay, you're giving me too much power. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> okay. What is the greatest lesson you have learned? Kind of since school or pursuing your dreams of your life. What's the biggest lesson or what has been the most influential sort of lesson? The biggest lesson is that you're right to me, <laughs> that I'm right. Okay. In, in, t- in trusting my intuition, I'm right. So I was actually ruminating over this yesterday, um, uh, asking myself, what are the things that I regret since since I was, what, let's say seven? And I regret having started something that I believed in and then stopping because maybe my mother didn't approve or my dad didn't approve or my sister didn't approve or a friend didn't approve. But for me, I knew it was the right thing. And times when I really didn't care what they thought, it turned out to be um, the most rewarding thing. An example of uh, when I was um, 12, you know, I was very into Dragon Ball Z. Okay, cool. Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> Kamehameha. Vegeta's my favorite character, by the way. Prince of all Saiyans, yes. Um, I started drawing uh, pencil drawings. So I started drawing them. Like, uh, and then I got real, really good at that. And my dad wasn't as approving of it. He's like, why don't you go do something else? Like, what are you spending all these hours uh, uh, doing this for? And then, but I loved it so much that I didn't really care what he thought. Um, then I got into art and I started doing uh, charcoal drawings. And then I, I carried on with my art journey. It taught me to think uh, creatively and, 
critically and then I end up being top of my art class at, at the end of Madrid and then I look back and then he was like oh you're actually quite good at this thing well done well done well done <laughs> um, that's and then that artist, artistic thought process um, has carried on through how I put podcasts together how I manage projects how I uh, write books and how I just am creative in, in my field of endeavors and I asked myself what would have happened had I just listened to what my dad uh, said there or his criticism because of something he didn't understand. It's not that he was being mean or mean-spirited. That's with pretty much a lot of people who criticize things that you're doing. They don't really understand what it is that you're doing. And then I look back at things that I stopped and I'm like, I shouldn't have actually stopped that because the things that I really believed in, they're not crazy stuff like, you know, being on drugs or, you know, getting drunk all the time. That's not that yeah. I mean, you stop. Okay. Yeah, that's bad stuff. But, but I'm talking <laughs> about like a certain, a certain, a certain ideas. Yeah. It's like with uh, crypto now, people are like, this thing makes no sense. Had I listened to them, the investment wouldn't be as much as it is right now. Then I'll be kidding, then I'll be kicking myself. Um, and then also with uh, writing the books and the speaking, when I have that hunch and I think about it, I'm probably right and I should probably go through with it regardless of what other people will say because the first book people were like this is hard this is crazy why are you doing it I was like shut up I don't care I'm gonna do it now they're like that's a good book hey <laughs> it's an awesome of course, book mm, of course yeah and then, then the second one and the next one and the next one and then people are really enjoying it and then now people know me more, more of an, uh, as an author even though I'm like yeah I am an author but like that's as long as what I wake up in a day every day, but I'm known for it. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout this entire journey that there's certain things that I feel really strongly about, like in your, in your, your quiet moments, you're probably right. Probably right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But obviously, okay, you find out if it's wrong, but like if it's wrong, at least find out later on that it's wrong, not go years and then figure out that you were actually right, but then you then you stopped yourself. Now you need to start again and all that time that has been wasted. Uh, so I think, and also like I've seen that intuition kick in at work or with having a conversation with somebody or when delivering a talk or delivering a presentation. You're probably right to sit and think, hmm, maybe I should write about this topic. Maybe I should speak to the person. Maybe I should consult with that. So then I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm really going to think deeply about the things that I'm doing. And if people don't really get it or understand it, I don't care because I'm probably going to be right. And this is not, this is not me saying I'm right all the time. No, I'm talking about things I've thought deeply about that resonate with my, uh, with my own soul and I'm going to do it and then face the consequences of other people's judgments or their uh, criticisms or them questioning why it is that you're doing what you're doing. It's like, because I've got to do it, you know? Um, and then I'm probably going, and I have to, and you know, you live with your own self. Yeah. You, you live with your, the consequences of your own inaction. Only you, it's only between you and you that you know that I actually could have been at this level had I carried on and the only person who stopped me was myself. Other people can say what they want to say. It's like, you know, being on Twitter and then people say whatever it is that they want to say. I don't care about Twitter that much. It's not a real, real, it's not a real place anyway. But like, uh, one thing I've noticed is, is that kind of when people who criticize you the most and it's not constructive at all, they're not really doing much with their own lives. You know what yeah. I mean? You know what I mean? Like if you write, or if you write a book, it's not Beyonce that's coming and saying, Candace, why are you writing a book? No, she's making her own millions. Yeah. 
And so normally the people who don't have that much time to do and who are not living inspired lives that are going to criticize uh, and uh, hate, not really hate, just try to stop you from reaching your own potential because they don't understand. If they understand it, then things are going to be better. So that's the lesson I've learned since and since. And then when I've got successes, when I've had successes, I'm like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> and this is me looking in the mirror. I told you. Backdrop. <laughs> Backdrop. Mm-hmm. Exit stage left. I'm here till Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is amazing. And it is. It's so, like, the people who who criticize it, it's just not for them. Mm. Whereas you'll get those fans who believe in what you're doing because yeah. you're helping them. Exactly. And that's what's so fantastic. 100%. Imagine cool. if, if, if Trevor no listened to what people would say they were telling him. Oh, gosh. Exactly. You'd never become anything because you can never. Yeah. And what I found, like, I don't know if you found this in your journey as well, is that you start to find people who who are doing things like that we're doing, mm-hmm. and then they're so supportive and they're yeah. so encouraging. Yeah. And, and it's so nice. It's good. It's good because, like, not everyone is for you. Yeah. Not everyone loves magnums. They don't love the magnums. magnums. Yes, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> the almond magnums, yeah. Oh, death mm, by. The mint. The mint. Mm-hmm. The mint. See what I'm saying? <laughs> See? So that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, the people who are going to be for you will be for you. Yeah, absolutely. The people who don't like you, they won't like you. Don't even try. I think it was Robert Kiyosaki who said, again, this is not scientific, but then I think this is good advice. He said, 33% of people won't like you no matter what you do. Okay, you could invent the next version of air. <laughs> they will not like you. 33% of people will always like you no matter what. You can mess up like like your mom. She's like you're a big fan of you. And like if you mess up, she'll be like, what can we do? It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's my kid. I'll still like you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll still like you. I'll still like you. And then 33%, the other third, they don't care either way. So the only thing that you can do is spend uh, the other third of your time convincing uh, not you spend the rest other time that you have convincing this third to be for you. The other thirty three percent you will never. So yeah. like, don't waste time on people who won't be for you because not everyone will be for you. Even like the uh, people we consider the greatest of the greatest, they're still being criticized. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And for you now, going forward, what's next? What is the next big venture or adventure that you are looking forward to? I want to go to space. No. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Branson, I no. want to go to space. Brother Elon, no, I want to put an Elon. Yeah, you know? Elon Musk is on uh, course to be uh, the world's first trillionaire in a couple of years from now. So, trillionaire, and yeah. I, I read that Amazon is going to make something like two trillion dollars a day or something. A day. A day, like at the way that their revenue is going. Um, Just, like, hey, brother insane. Jeff, is, that's that's very insane. Um, okay, next... so now you're going into space, yeah? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I actually would like to go to space. Uh, just, just space, and then come back. Okay. Not, not Mars. Okay. Because that's a three-year journey to get there, and then now another three years to come back, and then ho- hopefully you can survive there. <laughs> no, that's too much of a risk. That's too much of a risk. It's okay. No worries. Um, so for me, the next big venture is I, I, again. I've, uh, I, this is pure out of interest. I'm doing a master's straight into PhD um, on the on the topic of uh, of ministry. Awesome. Why? Because it's interesting, and I feel that we've been lied to. Wow, um, when I say okay. we've been lied to, it's uh, that information that we we've been presented. I don't feel that's the full story. 
um, and I've got a colleague who he's a software developer, right? He's, he's a he's software engineer. He's head of engineering, and he has a a PhD where he took Hebrew and Aramaic and um, and just analyzed all the script all the scriptures to see which verse matches up with with which verse, and he's atheist. So I'm like, what? Why? Because like you need to know what you're talking about. Um, so then that's 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 the that's the next uh, challenge. Um, the next one immediately that I can tell you is the third one. Sorry, father. Father of man. You know, Wordsworth said, "Child is the father of man," which is a paradox because how can a child give? How can a child father of man? Because normally it's the father who provides the seed so that the child can be born. Yeah. Right? What he, Wordsworth was talking about there is that your childhood experiences. Uh, young adult experiences shape who you are right now so if you have self-confidence issues probably can be traced back to when you were young if you've got stuttering problems can be traced back to when you were young if you've got issues with money probably can be traced back to when you when you were young Um, so I've been going on a journey of really unpacking my own childhood and my own young adult life to see what has been stopping me and what has been um, a challenge for me. That must have been interesting. It was traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> interesting in like an emotional, yeah, an emotional wow. way, an emotional way, because you now you become more balanced about uh, life. Really, then, then I got tired. I really got tired of this whole narrative. That, you know, I'm sure you've heard of this. They're not trash. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So what are we gonna do about it? Yeah. Am I next? What are we gonna do about it? <laughs> Uh, you got men aren't doing anything for us. Okay, so what do we want to do about it? Yeah. And then I came to the conclusion because every time I write, every time I write a book, I'm like solving a problem for myself and a problem that other people have. Yeah. Uh, when I wrote Inspired Success, I'm like, okay, so how do I become successful? When I wrote You Are a Business, I'm like, I got a funny story about money there that inspired success. So over the yeah. course of three months, I made hundreds of thousands of dollars because I was like so enthusiastic and you know. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, look at all this money. Um, <laughs> then somebody asked me, yeah, how much did you make? My dad, actually, my dad. Yeah. He asked me, how much did you make? I told him, he's like, oh, wow. Where's my kite? He's like, there is no kite. He's like, where is it? He's like, yeah, I suppose it is. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I, I said, okay, let me start taking myself seriously yeah. as, 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 as a business. So then um, I solved that problem, still living that out. So that book gave rise to to this podcast and to the and to YouTube because I want to have a bigger vision for myself. Then with this one, I was uh, I'm going to the next stage of my life where I really want to be the best man possible, and I did not know what that was. It's, it's true to God, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and then there was an outbreak of gender-based violence. Um, it was training for quite a while. Um, this lady Uyanena was was murdered, and then it, like trended, and then more stories came up, and then people were like, oh, man, trash, man, trash, man, trash. So then I was then I started really thinking i've been thinking about this since the end of 2019 what is a better man no such thing as perfect men but what is a better man and i've realized that men can be trash and women can be trash both of them i think it's a human condition so i've and where the very first part of it i because i always have five keys that's just me the first part i go let's unpack what happened in your child heal your inner child because that will start uh the process of you know, you growing and figuring out how what a real per man is and all that stuff. So that is the next immediate challenge. Um, I'm looking to finish it by the end of 
to launch by end of September, latest latest November, the latest November, and that's going to be the next uh, big uh, challenge for myself. Then I can start investing in property, and then I want to go on like a world tour next year. You know, yeah, just take a sabbatical and just tour the world and go and give lectures and all that. That's that's what yeah. I want to do. That is incredible. I mean, that's so exciting, and it's good sounds so needed. I think. I remember reading a quote because uh, I've always been feminist and pro-woman yeah, and, yeah. and it, there was a quote and it was like you don't have to be anti-man yeah. to be pro-woman you don't you don't you know we shouldn't 100%. be pulling each other down yeah, no um, we don't so <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember yeah. who said that yeah. um, I do remember the quote though and I think that's going to be a really interesting and exciting adventure it's yeah it's very it's your kind of small it's been tough eh like you know I'd be writing sometimes and then I'd start crying. Well, not like a professional morning. Yee! No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I'd start having tears come just out. I, I just need a break and I just yeah. go sit and think because uh, unpacking your childhood is stressful. Yeah. It is, and you re- you relive whatever trauma it is, it is that you went through, like deaths in the family, things where the things didn't go the way that you wanted to. Even the time you were so depressed and suicidal because you didn't get that invite. <laughs> oh, that invite. That invite. See, <laughs> 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 so you know what I mean. And then, yeah. um, and then also, it, it's a lot of pressure because um, I'm tightening with ideals. An ideal is something that you work towards that you probably will never reach, yeah. but it's at least pulling you towards something. So it's been really uh, difficult. And then, uh, what made it, what made me introspect a lot more was uh, in 2020 my father passed away uh, and then uh, things came out about him that I'm like oh wow now, now he's humanized like, <laughs> like he's actually human and yeah. then I also got married so now now it's like now you come growing to be a, a husband and Freud said that a man cannot be a man until his father dies so that now you're forced to be a father your, your own father because even when you're both your parents are alive you still have to be your own mother and your own father because there's a point where they can stop take they if they can they can't actually parent you anymore. You have to parent yourself, right? So that's been the the tough thing. Me thinking about this, and the most interesting part where you talked about an adventure, right? Okay, the part about being an adventure is um, I'm sure you know uh, Jordan Peterson. Dr. Jordan Peterson, yeah, I need to get him on the show, actually. JP, come on now, I'm a big <laughs> fan. Uh, is where he said he's got 12 rules for life. Um, and then I think it was his eighth rule, his fourth rule, whichever one it was. He said, tell the truth, at least don't lie. I've been really meditating and thinking about that for the past three months. Tell the truth, at least don't lie, which means always strive to tell the truth or don't uh, say things that you know are lies. And that is really difficult because we lie to ourselves the most. All the time. We, all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that invite didn't matter. You're lying. It matters <laughs> to you for some reason. Just one chocolate won't hurt. It won't hurt. You lie. You're one like, more. And, and, yeah, and also, like, people are living lies. For example, they'll be studying psychology for 10 years where they're mm. not supposed to be studying psychology. They'll be, uh, be they'll become a musician where they just want to be a painter. You know, yeah. um, and then also people will are not unpack. I really deep take a deep introspection, and sometimes you believe a lie that you don't tell yourself, but you just were told it, and now you believe it, and now you carry on living it, and now you're telling yourself that lie. And if you 
you build yourself from what the things that you say and if you tell the truth you become a wholesome person but if you lie all the time you become a lying coward and a lot of people are lying all the time i've seen family members lie to themselves friends lie to themselves colleagues lie to themselves businesses lie to themselves so the the toughest the biggest adventure that i'm striving for is to always tell the truth if i can't always tell the truth let me not lie and that is really really tough you know how hard it is to not say lies on a daily basis and i'm not talking about uh, on i'll be back at six but then you come back at eight that's i'm not talking about that yeah. i'm talking about uh internally with yourself do you really believe in yourself do you really believe in what you're doing do you want to do the work or not um are you really committed yes or no and those are the types of uh lies that i trying to really really unpack and then also to really call people out who i think are lying because if i see someone living a lie and i don't say anything i participate in it because i'm not calling it out obviously if it's my place if it's not my place <laughs> there's nothing to do with me but then that's that's really the the challenge that i have there wow that's it's incredible it's such a good introspective journey to go on yeah and i mean you shared so much life you shared so much experience with others going through that yourself yeah 100% i'm like yeah guys you're going to cry i was speaking <laughs> no you you have yeah. to i was speaking to someone and they were like i went through some traumatic experiences and I don't know how to get over it. I said, have you tried journaling about it? <laughs> like, no, like, just, yeah. you don't have to, like, publish it to the world. No, no one needs to know. Just journal about it. And this person said, I end up crying when I do. I'm like, you're supposed to. Because you're processing the, the trauma. And now that I've really taken that, that journey, I can see other people. I'm like, you're suffering with something. You're suffering with this, suffering with that. And uh, people like to look at, um, they look to religion and, spiritual things to like help them maybe if someone prays for me or if someone gives me this holy oils maybe someone gives me this it will make it all go away maybe that that stuff will help however i don't think it will help you if you don't tell yourself the truth and you just go look at really unpack i'm just like really sit and think actually maybe i haven't done what i'm supposed to be doing right so that's um it's it's really been transformative and painful (laughs) it's painful yeah (laughs) Pain is sometimes good. It's overcoming that pain. And yeah. it's going to help you. It's going to free that up going yeah. forward. Yeah, it will. It will. So what's your last question before we wrap it up for today? Um, hmm. Good, good idea. Making, I had a few, and now you've actually answered quite a lot of them <laughs> as you were talking. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so, uh, what is... Well, what has been one of the best books you've read recently that you just think uh, everyone should read? Best books that I've read recently that everyone should read. Mm-hmm. I haven't read yours. I was about to say yours, but I <laughs> um, let me really think about this one. Like always. That that I read recently. I haven't read The Alchemist recently, but that's a, a pretty. It's a pretty good. It's yeah. a pretty good one. Pretty good one. Um, recently, that I started as part of my research for mm-hmm. Father of Man is, yeah, it's the one by Jordan Peterson. Um, okay. Twelve Rules for Life. Um, that's where the whole title of the two that you don't lie. But the other one that he talks about there is compare. Don't compare yourself with 
others, but rather compare yourself with who you were yesterday. Because you're the only person that has your advantages and disadvantages and your context. Because I cannot compare myself with Rafael Nadal. Two totally different eras, two totally different continents, two totally different lifestyles that we're living. He was born and gifted to play tennis. I'm born and gifted to read and communicate. Two totally different things. And even with people in your space that you find in coaching and mentoring, you can't really compare yourself to them. Also, Gary V said, (laughs) he's come up quite a bit. He's awesome, though. He's he's come up quite a bit. He also said that he doesn't know who his competitors are. He doesn't even care. He doesn't care. Um, he sometimes like you will hear people like <laughs> who are coaches and who are speakers and it's like I'm the best in the world or this person can't compete me with me I'll beat them you know or like even in boxing you know all the trash yeah. talking that goes on <laughs> yeah I'm better he says I don't know who my competitors are I don't care nobody is taking my money absolutely no one the only thing that's taking your money or whatever place it is in this world yeah. is your perception that someone is taking your money. Because I, I'm just focusing on what I have to do. I'm focusing. I'm focusing on my hustle. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Every I'm day. Fo- I'm focusing on my hustle, and I don't. I don't care. Yeah. Say, I don't give a fuck. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care about other people because like, he's just focusing on what he has to do. And that echoes what uh, Jordan Peterson says: that don't compare yourself with others. Don't compare yourself with who someone else is today. And compare yourself with um, who you were yesterday, because you're only competing and becoming a better iteration of yourself. So. That's that. There's a lot of wisdom in, in the book, and then he came up with a sequel that's that's beyond order. Okay. <laughs> so those two Jordan Peterson books recently are, are that I've read. I'm growing through. I'm still growing through them. I would say those are fantastic reads. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing and so so valuable to kind of take those, but then to actually use it in your own life. Mm. Uh, that mm. is where the value is. Yeah, and then you know, like uh, like I'm, I'm reading. But nowadays, like you know, authors now you don't just read everything like that. Now you're like, okay, why did he use the word the? <laughs> Especially there. <laughs> why there and not there? <laughs> and then you like highlight it and then you think about it. Um, so the process that I'll take a book, uh, that book, and just really think about it and see how it works in my life. And then also I'll take that and then sort of like make sense of it and then. Uh, come up with points in the book that I'm writing and then make sure that I go and apply it and test it. That's why the process, like, normally when I, it takes me about two to three years to come up with a book because I'm getting the ideas done, refining it, and then testing it on myself in my own life. And yeah, so that's... That's where the magic is. That's where the magic is, yeah. yeah. So I'm, so I'm, a, I'm a, a method writer, if you, <laughs> <laughs> you want to call it that. Yeah. Do you have a last question before you write I just love that, um, like something in that book. Um, and I mean, for you, everything you're doing, you love. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if money was an issue, you'd still be doing this. One hundred percent. Okay, and that's—I yeah. mean—that's the thing. You can see it. I mean, even from your work, and you just resonate that quite deeply. Yeah. It's so nice to see that because yeah. to me, that when you see someone come alive, mm. um, that's like the best feeling. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's why I'm like fifty thousand an hour, guys. You find time to us, but. Now I must leave my house to come to you. You're not going to pay. No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. No. So that's awesome. You know, yeah. when you're loving what you're doing, that's, that's the best. 
Yeah, it's, it's the best. <laughs> All right, cool. So do I, no further questions, Joanna? No, nothing that I can think of right now. I bet you I'm going to think about 10 in ten the car. Afterwards. I'm going to be like, oh, shut up, that. Okay, no, just, <laughs> try to think of one. Try to think of one so we don't deal with the elements of. Um, what has been the biggest challenge of your married life so far? How have you found being married? Married life? Oh, ma- married life is amazing because when I'm sad, I know why I'm sad. When I'm happy, I know why I'm happy. When I'm sad, it's because I'm married. When, I, <laughs> when I'm happy, it's because I'm married. <laughs> married has simplified my life, really. Um, in the case that I'm focusing on one woman. That's it. Um, the most challenging part of, of it hasn't really been really tough, 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 because you end up marry, I end up marrying my best friend, someone I've known for quite a while, and then I've known for a number of years that I would, if if I were to marry, yes, yes, I would. My dad took me through. He was a uh, he had like he's a psychologist as well, not practicing, but he was a psychologist. So he took me through an entire discovery process and questioning <laughs> process, onboarding process. Like, onboarding, yeah, onboarding. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the onboarding <laughs> Welcome process. To the onboarding. <laughs> Please fill out the application. You fill out the application form. <laughs> yeah. So then we 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 spoke through it, and then also the benefit for me is that I knew I wanted to be married from a pretty much a young age. Um, so there was no question there. Do I want to get married? Do I not want to get married? Like, no. Um, so then when I'm married, I chose uh, my best friend to marry. Uh, so it doesn't actually feel like I'm marrying this like monster. Like, if it's <laughs> your best friend, then come on. Like, it's, it's, it's easier. The biggest challenge has been, I think, managing other people's expectations of how we should manage our own relationship if that if it makes any sense yeah everyone people, loves giving advice yeah, love, loves giving advice but haven't you been divorced five times that's not the case <laughs> <laughs> listen to me listen to me yeah. um i think it's uh, people expect to say you should have children now or not have children now or you should do this and do that and do that and do that but the thing is like i think marriage is a very personal experience as long as between two people really yeah. Um, and then you've got extended family members that come with their expectations. And um, and then I know one thing I, I love, love, love doing years back, even though I still like doing it now. I speak to people who've been divorced and then remarried and then divorced and people who've just been divorced and people who've never been remarried. So I can understand what is it that, what is it that happened? So I can pretty much unpack and understand where they found themselves. And one of the, the, the causes for people getting divorced is one, unfair expectations from other people that had nothing to do with the two of you because it's no like this goes back goes back to the entire thing no one's gonna like you oh not no one not everyone's going to like you not everyone's going to like the person you marry not uh, her friends may not even like you but that's not the choice that they you're not married to them yeah you're married to the person that you're married to so the most challenging part is like when you're just like fending off other people's expectations and everyone is, is like, hey, you guys want to kill each other. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That might be your marriage. That's, that, no, no. That's, that's a you wanna, problem. That's a, that's right a you problem. That's a you problem. Um, and then, because the world has just like different ideas of what it should be. And some people don't believe in marriage, but they're married. And like, I, but it's just because it's like, so the most challenging part is, has nothing to do with the two of us. It's like just like managing what other people think should be happening. And that's that's no way to to live. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a yeah. really tough one. And wait till if you do choose to have children, then you've got a whole nother 
world of judgment coming from that. Yeah, so exactly. Advice but the, yeah, but the thing is, what 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 does help? And I say this to everyone because I've been going through a journey of you know writing father and man. Is go to counseling together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unpack things. Just yeah. like like we just go to counseling together. People want to kill each other, but because they haven't had a person who is objective and doesn't care. Like we went to see somebody who again who took religion out of it. It was like he just was like straight to the point, no BS, and then that was able to be sorted out. So whatever issues we had, we sorted out. So now, just go to the counseling and see how you guys are gonna work together. And depends what you guys agree on, how you guys set your own rules. It's completely between the two of you. So that the challenging part has been warding off other people's unfair expectations. You know, yeah. Yeah. marriage on your terms. It's marriage <laughs> on my terms, yeah. and then. Um, uh, say no to people who don't care that you're married. I'm like, oh, you're married. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, stay away. It doesn't <laughs> matter. What? <laughs> the streets are tough, Candace. It's hard. It's tough in the, in the streets. But then, like, it's a decision that I've that I've made, and and I'm really happy with it. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough. But I knew what I was like signing up for, hundred uh, percent. Uh, and then my thing is like, I, I don't necessarily believe in divorce unless it's like in extreme circumstances. I believe in death. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Not different. You're like crime investigation channel episode coming next. <laughs> Uh, but not 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 divorced because uh, you need to. Uh, some people are getting divorced and they haven't even tried. Like they 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 haven't tried. Really, like seriously, it's like they haven't tried. That's that's what I found. So yeah. Cool. So when you getting married, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it is that, that you want. That peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's real. No, no, no. It's a, to live your life on your own terms. All right, cool. So that has been one hour, 47 minutes. Wow, already. Yeah, already. It's, a, it's a, felt like five minutes, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's flown past. Yes, yes. All right, cool. Um, so thank you very much, Candice. This has been uh, an awesome conversation. It's always great uh, interacting, engaging with you. And I look forward to getting lost in uh, unlocking your superpowers, keys to achieving success in school and beyond. Um, I think you can just leave uh, another two for me and then I'll sort you out later. I've got a nephew and a niece who need to see to, to <laughs> have these, these books, okay? Um, all right, so that has been myself, Jamila uh, James. Guys, remember that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. That means you're going after what you've always wanted to go after because it's aligned with your highest values. And that is the only way for you to live a truly fulfilled and inspired life. Go out there and change the world because you're the only person who can. And I've been here with Candace. We'll talk about achieving success in school and beyond. We'll talk about a lot more things than that. And yes, she does believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest. So please don't come after her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Candace. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode on the NJ Podcast. Make sure to visit the website, the njpodcast.captivateair.fm, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or the other podcast platforms, or via RSS, so you never miss a show. You can also find the video content on the YouTube channel and Instagram page. That will be in Jablo James on YouTube and jablo.j.ngosi for Instagram. Please subscribe and follow on those platforms as well. And while you're at it, if you found value in 
the show, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast platforms. Or if you'd like to tell a friend about the show, that will help us out too. If you'd like more information about published or upcoming books, visit www.njablojames.com for more information. Please reach out if you'd like to share what you would like to hear and which guests should be invited to the show. And remember, success is a progressive realization of a worthy ideal, which means that you are doing what you have always wanted to do because it is aligned with your highest values and this is the only way you can live a truly fulfilled life. Now just chill until the next episode.